Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Edinburgh's number one side, still on top in the capital. It is, of course, Heart of Midlothian. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined again by a man uh, almost as close to me as he was on Sunday afternoon at Easter Road, Mr. Mark Donaldson. I am your videographer. I am the one who, stung by the criticism that Laurie Dunsire on Hearts TV isn't biased enough, was about to video the Hearts fans after the third goal at Easter Road and saw you going and behaving like a a, a banshee and thought, I know, I shall video this. And then I got a close-up of you and Jimmy and uh, posted it on Twitter. I'm glad it's see it got some traction today. Uh, My voice hasn't quite recovered following the day session at Easter Road and the evening session in a myriad of places. But there are certain things in life that you do, Laurie, that you can either regret or you can say, thank God I did that. And when I was sitting watching Chelsea at Liverpool on Saturday morning, I'd had a conversation with a friend of mine on the Friday and said, you know what, I I looked at flights to go to Edinburgh next week because I'm off. And they're really expensive, but I can get I can get them for 150 bucks if I use miles. And he's like, well, just do it. And I thought, no, I can't do it. But I don't know what made me decide on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock watching Liverpool against Chelsea, you know what? I am going to book a flight to Scotland. And there are certain things in life I'm grateful for. That decision is now added to that list. What a day. What an evening and what a trip. Yes, indeed. A fantastic weekend for those of a heart's persuasion. We're, of course, going to get right into that. This is Monday. We've not had an awful lot of time to really, I suppose, dissect it. But you know, I don't think we need to. We can keep this a little bit raw this week as we look back at a very enjoyable result for hearts in the Scottish Cup. And we should say as well, obviously, this is a, this is a hearts podcast. Um, however... The reason that we've maybe got a little less prep for this tonight and that we're recording a little bit later than normal, um, not that everyone listening will know it, but we're half past ten we're currently at, is because we both end up getting fixated on the <laughs> cup game that was taking place on BBC between Darville wow. and Aberdeen. And obviously that's got no bearing on hearts, that game in particular. However, that was very enjoyable. I suppose the only bearing on hearts is it maybe takes a little bit of heat off of us um, from a certain result we had against a non-league team a few years ago because... Yes, hold on, hold on we were a championship side then that wasn't really much of a shock, a non-league side beating a championship side Well, <laughs> it wasn't as big a shock as this but no, I just thought it was terrific and, you know, Oh wow! Uh, w- what a performance by Darville and um, there's a degree of schadenfreude about it as well, seeing Hibs and Aberdeen struggle because they are you know, traditionally, two of the teams who should be the closest challengers to Hearts, if if we're all battling as we should be at the top half of the table, um, and yeah, it certainly isn't going their way. Similar to things down Easter Roadway. No, um, I, I get the Schadenfreude, and we've hey, I remember where we were and the podcast after the broader game. 
and we we couldn't find a way why Robbie Nielsen should stay. Now, no. and, and and this is this is where we it's easy to either erase history or rewrite history. We've been there. We have mm-hmm. suffered the most um, the most embarrassing uh, defeat in our history, and and the, immediately you think, well, change has to happen. Now, what Aberdeen do going forward, you'd think that Goodwin. He's not going to resign if he's still got two and a half years left of his deal. If that's true, he's probably going to get fired. But he, he, sliding doors moments. He, we speak a lot about patience on this podcast. And I mean, the majority, I mean, now Nielsen out. I mean, that's just, it's, it's a kind of, it's a meme, isn't it? Now, Mark, I am all about patience. And I, I implore both Hibernian <laughs> and Aberdeen to show that patience now. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, what's um, if if Goodwin is is somehow or bad defeat, not Goodwin, if he's somehow him. still in the job at the weekend, then he's up against Hibbs. Someone does. Miss, are you going to say it? What? El Sac- uh, well, yeah, our friend Stevie Morris is me saying that it's El Sacchio this weekend. Jeez, but I, I, again, we we've been there and. Sliding doors, what would have happened if we'd done that? They they were they were on the verge of a League Cup final. They performed very well against um against Rangers and, and they came pretty close. And within a week, it just shows you in football. You, I think Piers Morgan has a thing on his Twitter account, or he used to have a thing one day well, if, if, and if, if you said a duster. If you said in the next in Aberdeen's next three games, in ninety minutes in those three games, you'll draw one, one, one you'll suffer a 1-0 narrow defeat and you'll lose one of them 5-0 and they're playing Rangers, they're playing Hearts, they're playing Darvel. If you're going to apply those scorelines, you're probably going to say, well, I get pumped by Rangers, unfortunately. Hearts will just about beat us and, oh God, Darvel managed to take us to extra time. I don't know <laughs> if you would have applied it that the only team of those three that they managed to not lose in 90 minutes to was Rangers. Yeah, and, and the reason I say football can be a funny old game um, obviously, Jimmy Greaves was one of the first to, to say that. We have scored eight goals in the last two games against, prior to the start of the season, teams we thought would, would be challengers and may yet be. But we've not been brilliant. We've been very, very clinical. So you can look back on that. You've just spoken about those three games for Aberdeen. I've just spoken about those two games. And if someone had said, you've scored, you're going to score eight goals against Aberdeen and Hibs, Combined, you probably think, "Oh my God, how just how good were we?" There's plenty to talk about in the in in this episode, but great win, great win. Um, and is you know how I love to say that targeting a, 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 an opponent's player and trying to buy them not only strengthens your side but it, it weakens them. Not only have Hearts beaten Hibs, but Hibs can no longer win the Scottish Cup this year. So double whammy, happy days. And um, I, I hate getting too cocky. It's not because I've seen the other side after Brora and stuff like that. But I'm very much now a case of look when when it's good, enjoy it. Don't try and pick faults. Don't try and find the negativity. Just yeah. enjoy it. So let's have fun on this podcast. Indeed. So uh, let's get cracking. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Hibernian up against Heart of Midlothian in the Scottish Cup fourth round at Easter Road. Uh, Probably no surprise, Mark, that Robin Nielsen named an unchanged team. Um, I think we said that during the week, if everyone's available, you can't really change a starting eleven that ended the previous game as a 5-0 win, and we're 4-0 up at halftime. It was a, a lineup that was expected. I, I think the biggest, um, and I don't know about you, obviously the first thing I do is check the lineup. but one of the things when I saw it was unchanged that I quickly did, is cool back on the bench, because he was ill, and, and, and yes, he was. But when I looked at that bench, Laurie, I, I mean, it's totally subjective. I'm not sure, as far as every single out player on the bench is concerned, that we have had a much stronger bench with options. Obviously, we brought on Kingsley, Humphreys, Grant, Atkinson and Forrest. 
unused subs, Keo, who we paid money for, Oda, who we gave a three-and-a-half-year deal for, and Kool, who played at the World Cup for Australia. Granted, he's young, but he's on loan from Newcastle. So I would be intrigued if anybody knows of a, a kind of stronger bench with options, then I'd like to hear it. But I just thought, you know what, that is that is a it's, a, it's a team that picks itself, but it's a strong bench. And you consider who was out. I think you put a, a tweet out um, talking about the result, but talking about the bench, but also saying, yeah. look, no Craig Gordon, no Benny Benengamy, no Craig Halkett, no Liam Boyce. We've got a pretty strong squad right now, but none of those players on the bench could have any complaints that they were there, because when you've beaten Aberdeen 5-0, if everybody's fit, on you go, boys, same again. Yeah, I think I mentioned that on Twitter. So, you know, eight goals in two games against Aberdeen and Hibs and players that were n- not involved from the start anyway. So players on the bench in those games, Kingsley, Grant, Forrest, Humphreys, Cool, that's some of them, uh, out injured, Craig Gordon, Halkett, Boyce, Beningame, Halliday. So, and again, that's not everyone. You know, you've, you've got a few more bit part players, Haring, Gary McKay, Stephen and such like, but all of those players I've named, you'd argue have played a part in starting 11s and in the first team this season or would, in the likes of Beningame, would be there if they hadn't been out injured yeah. already. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's absolutely a, a really impressive squad strength there that we've that we've got, which is starting to show. Uh, Hibs uh, themselves, uh, compared to the last hour where they had Ryan Porteous back, who was in defence, he was suspended when the sides met at Tynecastle, and James Jago uh, made a debut who arrived from Belgian football just with less than 24 hours before the game, I think. Um, 15 caps for Australia, 30 years of age. Uh, we spoke to Ryan McGowan about him. He said, you know, a similar type of player to Cammy Devlin, maybe a little bit better on the ball, but maybe not the same bite as Devlin. However, um, he, you know, he's got a decent pedigree. It shows the desperation levels of Hibs that someone who has just arrived the night before, the day before, basically. I think he had a training session the afternoon before. It's thrown straight in because what other options did they have? And then he gets booked after 18 minutes and his day's pretty much over because Barry Mackay was then able to glide past him a couple of times, So even though I didn't think Barry was was that great. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something like this. I always think it's a bit of a gamble. And when I was there, I was sitting to the left of you and Jimmy yesterday and I wanted to try and find out from Jimmy if he remembered his first... Hearts Hibs game, and he he remembers the intensity of it. He doesn't remember it that well, but the whole point of that was was this a, a fixture that is usually more frantic than others? And he said yes, and that's what you've got with someone like Jago who's coming in. And look, he you can play at at a decent level, but the number of players that have come from outside of Scotland to play in Scotland, forget the quality of the football. Most of them with their first experience say, "Geez, I didn't think it was that quick." And I, I, I thought he was like a deer in a headlight in the first 20 minutes um, before the booking as well. It's like the game passed him by. Um, I actually think it was a better thing for Hearts that we got, or they got, sorry, the international clearance through for him. Um, because I still think that Porteous would have been better in that midfield. I don't know how they would have done it because Hanlon wasn't fully fit and Fish didn't play well against Hearts at Tynecastle. I thought they would find a way to either go three at the back or maybe have Porteous as one of those, but him on Snodgrass. And and they didn't really do that. So I was pretty happy with Porteous at the back because I thought they might play him on Snodgrass. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, Hibs actually started the game um, fairly like Aberdeen brightly. Did. Yeah, fairly brightly. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Campbell hit the post with a little back heel. Um, <laughs> now, you know, Ryan Porteous, he's actually been getting quite a bit of stick, I've noticed, from Hibs fans after the game. And I understand it. Now, he was at the back and I actually thought, Rocky Bushiri has had some dreadful games when I've seen him. Um, however, I actually thought he played pretty well on the most part in this game. I, I think he conned the ref a little bit with Shanklin. I have no idea how those two incidents between them both, Shanklin got two yellows. But that apart, I actually thought he looked a lot more solid than I have seen him generally for Hibs. Horteus, I think he's a good defender. However, I think this derby almost summed up his issues at Hibs and why I think he probably needs to go from Hibs, even if he wasn't already on his way out, I'd say he needs to go because I think he was making it. It, it was playing for him. I mean, and the, the first goal sums it up. So why did he give that free kick away? Hearts are in a position of any danger um, moving away from goal, almost on the touchline. 
and he just clatters in and gives away the foul, um, which it, it was just pointless. It was absolutely pointless. And I saw a few Hibs fans giving him stick for it. And I understand it because I think he was just needing to get involved, needing to put a tackle and needing to look like the hard man. You see when he was keeping it simple and winning headers and such, like carries the ball. He's a decent player, but he just he sometimes, I think, was getting distracted by part of his own hype and part of this, the, the, the derby trying to make an impact when he didn't need to try and make an impact. And at that point, you know, Hibs had started reasonably brightly and, you know, you're given Robert Snowgrass, who's probably got one of the best deliveries in the league. Um, I would, you know, I've, I don't watch all the teams. I know there's a few good players at Rangers and Celtic, but I'd probably say outside of Rangers and Celtic, I've not seen someone who whips a ball in the box like Snowgrass does. And even with Rangers and Celtic, he'll be up there. Um, Terrific ball in the box. Hibbs can only half defend it, and Josh Janelli alive to smash home. And suddenly, just like that, it, you know, in a game like this where Hearts are the form team, they're the ones with the confidence. Hibbs down and out. The first goal makes such a difference, and it changes the complexion of things. It kind of happened in the Aberdeen game as well. You can talk a lot about what goes on after it, but when a side's got a lead, there's a lot less pressure on them to force the issue in a game. We had a guest on last week, a Hibernian fan called Gavin Pearson. Gavin um, has done Radio Forth and whatever, but what, what Gavin said last week actually happened. Um, and he actually said it before the free kick was sworn in. He said, Hearts will score here. And I'm like, really? Well, he, but he said, I've seen, I've, I've, seen, but I've seen this before. And he said it last week as well. They're soft. They have a soft underbelly. And he said... We've started games well in certain matches this season, haven't scored, and the opposition have gone up the field and, and picked us off. <laughs> Ryan Porteous seems to think that everybody in attendance is there to watch the Ryan Porteous show and not Hibernian against Hearts. He has delusions of adequacy. We saw when he played for Scotland as a small fish in a big pond, he can be an outstanding defender. But he thinks it's all about him and he's got to try this. It was once in the second half, I think it was. He charged down the left flank in front of the main stand. I'm like, what are you doing, son? And I'm all for that. that that's fine. But there is, he's on the touchline, Josh Ginelli. He's not going anywhere. There's no, just stand your ground. It's this bravado. Look at me. I can do it. Don't be a dick, son. Well, please, if you want to be. But from a Hibs fan's perspective, I'm sure he, Watford are the favourites to sign. I'm speaking to a pal of mine today who's got an in at Hibs. Yeah, I read that, yeah. Um, Blackburn are in for him as well. The Watford thing would see him um, spend some time in Serie A with Udinese as well. But I think he'd be a good signing for a championship club because he'd go down there as a um, a smaller-sized fish in a bigger pond. And he just the, the, the focus wouldn't be on him. The attention wouldn't be on him. And he can just go about being a good, solid defender. But he just charged in. We, we took the free kick. And Gavin was right. Janelli scored. Gav said to me, I told you so. I bloody told you so. This happens so often at this club. Now, that was just coincidence. I'm sure that, that, that Hart scored there. But we rode our luck a little bit before we scored the goal. But what Hearts are, are uh, we are very clinical right now. And I don't know how many shots on target. I think it's it's something like maybe 10, between 10 and 12 shots that we've had on target against Aberdeen and Hibs um, cumulatively. And we've scored eight goals. That's up there with some of the best teams in the world as far as uh, goals to, to shots on target ratio. Mm -hmm. Not saying that we are, I'm just putting a point. Right now, this football team is very clinical, but it can also defend and it's also composed. And Hibs may have a soft underbelly, we have a tough spine of our team right now, and that helped us through. Yeah, indeed. I mean, after the goal, um, Hibs are still getting a lot of the ball. Uh, McGeady forced a save in the angle from Clark. Uh, Campbell, again, with an opportunity, couldn't quite direct a header goalwards. But it was Michael Smith who who missed a great chance to make it 2-0 oh, late super. in the half. Yeah, yeah. so at halftime, we're 1-0 we're up, not at our best, but... Again, I think there's, you know, there is a degree of that you got to give Hibs some credit. I think Robbie said, you know, 3-0 flattered us. It wasn't as comfortable as 3-0 suggests. However, if you are 1-0 up and you're confident that the opposition have not got 
a lot of their own confidence or they're not that great in final third, that you will be able to pick them off and you get chances and you're confident in your own ability to defend, you can give the opposition the ball a bit more. Yes. I, I felt... I've, I've, I think in the... I think the 1-1 game, although I actually thought we played better in that game if I look at it as a whole, that game concerned me, concerned me more. I thought Hebs looked more... Had it looked like they had a bit more quality in that game, and I thought they would get a big chance. They had Boyle to come off the bench, of course. This game, although they were getting dangerous positions, I mean, Eli Johan's a weird one, isn't he? Because he's got, yeah, he's got ability, really quick. He's got great feet. He still doesn't look like anyone's given him any football intelligence, though, in terms of <laughs> make make the right decision, get the right cross in, when to shoot, when to pass. You know, he's got ability, but someone needs to coach him in the right area, otherwise he could just disappear. Um, but he's dangerous, you know. He's very, he's very tough, and I think you know, likes a Cochrane on the left had had quite a tough time. I thought he, he tested our defence at times, albeit with no real end product on the whole. Maybe unlucky with that that shot off the post. But again, they started fairly strongly in the second half. Hibs in terms of getting into dangerous areas, pushing us back a little bit. But it, I still, if if Hibs had equalised, I think Hearts would have reacted. Um. Whilst it was 1-0, well, we, we maybe rode our luck a little bit too much, and I'm not saying we were at our best, we certainly weren't, but there's a determination and a, I think a, a steely confidence in that team. I think if Hibs had equalised, the game from that point wouldn't have necessarily been the same as when it was at 1-0. I think Hearts would have changed things, they would have stepped up and they would have tried to force the issue again. I, I think part of Robbie Nielsen's game plan is is not being overly concerned when the opposition have possession of the ball in certain areas. And I think at times he's he's happy when they have possession of the ball um, in in their own first third, if there's a turnover or, or whatever. But he, he's got complete trust, and he's put, maybe happy is the wrong word, um, when he's got complete trust in, in his players that they know what to do because they don't panic. I don't know how he's been able to instill this composure Someone like James Hill. James Hill didn't have his, his, one of his better games and he's not played too many for us, but we've seen what he can do. There were a couple of times in the first half um, we saw James Hill dwell on the ball and was dispossessed. We saw Kai Rolls dwell on the ball and be dispossessed. We saw Barry Mackay dwell on the ball and be dispossessed. And we needed Xander Clark to keep us um, to, to keep his clean sheet. I get that. But even with the, the given the possession away, there still seems to be this, okay, fine, they've got the ball, let's not panic, we know what to do. And Hearts had a few blocks yesterday, but they weren't just last-ditch challenges, whatever. It was just, I'm not saying you ever felt confident after Hearts went a goal up, but I've been I've seen Hearts playing games, and they thought, oh, Jesus, it's coming. You just know we're going to concede, and we probably do. But there seems to be a right, if you get past our midfield, then you've got to get past our defence. If you get past our defence, then you've got to get past our goalkeeper. There seems to be an element of composure about this heart side right now that, that Robbie Nielsen has instilled in a team. You've got to remember, Robbie, uh, Laurie, that's 221 games now he's been in charge. That's a lot. And it's incredible to think that was his first win at Easter Road as Indeed. manager. Yeah, um, or a player. Which, um, which is, which is well, it's, it's quite astounding, but um, I guess many will try and take it away, given he wasn't actually in the dugout. But <laughs> he was. Well, I, bet you, I bet you Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest have used that more than once. Uh, what do you mean? I used to know one at Easter Road. You weren't in the dugout. You've not been in the dugout to see us win at Easter Road. <laughs> and they count. Um, but despite the um, the game being reasonably open, him supplying a bit of pressure to Hearts, the second goal would go the way of the men in maroon, and I didn't get. I didn't get cool as a scorer, right? He didn't come on. I didn't get 3-1, right? However, I did say we'd score three goals, and I did say that Lawrence Shanklin would score from open play. So I'm taking that. I'm taking that one. I thought um, Lawrence Shanklin was a penalty, was it not? It's always a penalty, yeah. It's a great penalty. Love the, love the Hearts Twitter account. <laughs> yes, the penalty very well. They've been on form today. But, I mean, if look at the goal. I, I was having a look at it. I, I, I was... I, did a freeze frame of it from a couple of angles. So when Lawrence Shanklin picks the ball up, I should say as well, it's quite funny, someone pointed this out to me. I did say in commentary, great tackle by Cammy Devlin, challenged by Cammy Devlin. It was definitely a foul before the Hearts goal, by the way. <laughs> which, I mean... Probably, on, which, which one? 
Devlin fouls Yuan. I didn't. I didn't see it at the time, but I saw that he, when I've seen it now, he he kind of barges into him before he gets to the ball. I think is this um, prior to the second goal? Prior to the second goal, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but uh, hey ho, we, we. I think the ref was. I don't think Don Robertson was on the whole. Was any wasn't too many like ongoing issues, but I th- think the red card, which we'll get to, was a bit of a joke. But anyway, in terms of the goal, Shanklin picks it up. So when he picks it up, he's just in from the left touchline. He's only about what. 15 yards from the corner flag. So it's in a basically a crossing position. At that point, there are six Hibs players directly between him and the goal. Six Hibs players. The only player in the box in a maroon shirt is Stephen Humphreys. So his only route to try and get to the goal, unless he wants to go back the way, of course, there are players outside the box deeper than him. But if he wants to go direct towards goal, he's either going to have to take them all on himself, which even despite Hibbs' problems, six players is going to be a bit too much, even for Lauren Shankland, or try and get there and use Humphreys. So there's very little margin for error here in terms of him trying to get into a position to actually score a goal. And yes, you can question the defending. It's a little bit passive from Hibbs. They'll be absolutely furious from their side, but he skips away from a couple, flicks it into the box. Humphreys just cushions it enough, um, very well weighted, just to push it back to him. And he absolutely cracks it as it bounces up, bounces up in front of him in the bottom right corner. It's an absolute, it's an absolutely wonderful finish, actually. And the way that he carves it out from that position, I think, um, puts any doubters, um, you know, anyone who's got any doubt about his ability when it's not from the spot. And did someone say he made a little reference to the penalty spot after the goal? Yeah, I think, I think, he, I think he did, and yeah. I missed it. Yeah, uh, it was subtle. It was like, uh, I didn't score from a penalty this time. VAR didn't need to interject. I can score from open play. I mean, look, that's that's nine goals from open play and 11 penalties. People come on about the penalties and say, well, other fans and say, oh, he's got 11 penalties. Hearts have been in the box that often to get those penalties. I mean, c- come on. It, it was a super goal, just, just a touch. And do you know what? That was a very Robo-esque finish, wasn't it? Just the, the power beyond the goalkeeper, in that goal, at that end, that was that was like John Robertson. It was, and I loved his celebration, which again, because I was jumping about like a lunatic celebrating up in the commentary area, I, I didn't notice at the time until I watched the goals back. And he he does a, a Robo-esque celebration, which is certainly not accidental when he celebrates in front of the Hearts fans. Of course, it equaled... John Robertson's 20 goals in 1992, the last time we got 20 goals in a season. Um, And I also thought it was very nice that we've heard from John Robertson. He gave an exclusive interview to the Evening News. Um, And I'll I'll quickly, if you've not read it, if you've not heard it for folks listening, um, he does go into a little bit more after this, but I'll, I'll take a wee snippet here. So it says, Shanklin has been incredible. He was unlucky not to get the 20th goal against Aberdeen last week. And you're thinking, is it set up for the Derby? There is romance in football at times. Lawrence got his first goal against Hibs and his 20th against them. And by the way, what a finish. He muscled his way past a couple of defenders, but then the absolute assassin comes out in him. He's completely drilled the ball past David Marshall and everybody knew what it meant. It's fabulous for him. For Lawrence to hit the 20 mark uh, before the end of January is fantastic. I honestly believe he will get 30 plus in his first season with the club. I hope all my records are broken because it's not something I'm precious about. Some players are just a perfect fit for a club and he is just that for hearts. He slots into that position but he's adapted his play. His link up play is good. He's a handful and he moves moves defenders around Um, and uh, he goes and say I believe strikers are born, not made. You are born with this natural instinct to score goals. You can become a better finisher with practice, but you can't teach someone the natural instinct. Lawrence has that instinct of how to score goals. When a striker gets into that mode, it's a different mindset. And um, if there's any glowing recommendation to get or glowing review of of your performance, then it's from Mm -hmm. um, the hammer of Hibs himself. Yeah, I've I've been in that away end many occasions. I've stood there. Um, I haven't sat there to be honest too often since it got done because obviously commentating. But when we stood there, that was a goal. That was similar. There was a turn that he, he did uh, and he scores past maybe Jim Layton or someone like that. That uh, Shanklin's goal. There's so many similarities 
between the two of them. And I think it's fitting that he is the player. And it's not breaking or equaling John Robertson's record. I don't know where people have got this from. He, he's, he's the first player to score 20 since John Robertson. There was no record of Robbo scoring 20 or anything like that, I don't think. It was, it's just a case of he's, he's the first player since Robbo to get 20 because Robbo scored more goals in a season than that. Yes, he did. Yeah, so... Um... Uh, yeah, the the big number from to to try and beat will be the nineteen eighty eight total of thirty one. Right. Okay. Um, if he manages to beat that, it would be the highest in a season since nineteen fifty eight. Wow, and that's that fifty eight team. I mean, that we won the we won, did we win the league cup in in fifty eight. I know we haven't won it since sixty two sixty three, but that was a period. Um, we were league champions in fifty nine sixty. We won the Scottish Cup in. In 56, we won the League Cup in 54. We were scored. I think we got 130. This is off the top of my head. I think we got 132 goals. That always rings a bell. 57 in- 58 was the season we scored a ridiculous uh, number of goals and won the league. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, that. It was nuts. I don't know what the total was, but it was a crazy number. It was a ridiculous yeah. number of goals. So, so yeah, back then you're getting your teams playing two, three, five formations and, and you're winning games six, four, and five, three, and daft things like that. This is an era in modern football where there's not as many goals in the game, um, full stop. So it's you're still comparing it because they played for hearts and they scored goals. But I think Robbo's era is, is far easier to compare and contrast. Ro- Robbo was an anomaly. Um, I was devastated among many hearts fans when he when he went to Newcastle, but then delighted when when he came back up the road because he was ours. And he was <laughs> we missed him when when he retired or or when he left. I remember the summer um, when he was basically told that he wasn't he wasn't staying at Hearts. He was he was on the move. I think he ended up playing a few games at Dundee, but he was really close to going to Hibs. And I was like, no, don't, please, don't go to Hibs because he could have signed for them, of course, with Tom Hart in the first instance um, back in 1980 or 81. Uh, but they didn't get back to him. He's like, well, saw this. I'm not waiting. I've got an offer for Hearts. Then I'll, I'll take that. But he could have ended his, his his career or certainly have left Hearts to go to Hibs. And I just didn't want, I thought, oh, you'll always be our, I mean, he's one of my, he's my footballing hero, John Robertson. I didn't want him to go to, to Hibs and thankfully he didn't. Um, but I've waited a long time as a supporter to have a similar type of, of player who scores the type of goals, but scores them um, as often as, I mean, as Gary, was it Gary Wells that said on on our uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago? It was one of them, the guests that we've had. When you're like, no, I can't go for Lauren Shanklin because that's too obvious in the predictions. And I think Gary had said, well, how nice is that that you've got someone in the team that you're not <laughs> considering as one of the goal scorers because it's like not quite a fait accompli, but it's something that uh, yeah. it's, it, it's it's it happens more often than it doesn't, and it's so refreshing and such nice words from Robbo. Yeah, so we got twenty. We're only in January. You know that thirty-one. It's not to say it's disappointing if he doesn't get it, but there's no reason why it's not doable. So yeah, if, I said if he can get thirty-one, and remember in that season eighty-seven, eighty-eight, you've actually got six more league games as well, forty-four games in a season at that point. So you do have yeah, more. we we had eight more European games. So that kind of that ties things. I mean, that's pretty yeah, similar. A little, a little tougher playing. Fiorentina and. Oh yeah, I, I know. Here, but... Plus, you'll be suspended for the Hamilton game as well. So we're making excuses. It's a disgrace. Lauren Shankland only got thirty goals that season. I can't believe he didn't equal the record of thirty-one. Nielsen must go. But if he does, if he gets it, then you know, thirty fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Uh, Jimmy Warthog got thirty-seven. That would be what I would feel. That probably going to be. That's not. Outrageous. That's not good. No, no. That's so. That's, um, that's... The thirty-one would, and and why not? You know, if he gets happens to get one or two at the weekend, you know, very feasibly, um, could be on that twenty-two mark before the end of January, which is the next target, which is nineteen nineties total for Robo, which was twenty-two in that season. So, yeah. anyway, it's great. Yeah, it's just, great. Just, just before you go on, right, I just had a thought: how different would the heart attack be, and how different? If at all, would Shanklin's goal numbers be if Liam Boyce hadn't been hurt? There's there's two ways to look at that because um, I guess you can look at it from the perspective that Shanklin wouldn't have been playing as deeper 
in certain games in certain moments because Liam Boyce would be there as the number 10 or the man who drops deep and Shanklin would probably be more of a nine. Right, so we um, might have scored more, yeah. Might or... have scored more in that sense. Uh, potentially less as Liam Boyce um, could have been on penalties. Um, I'm just trying to remember... I'm looking to... at the Hearts front three, right? The, the beat St. Johnston. Um, Shanklin didn't start in that game. He came off the bench and scored a penalty in the second half. We went with Gary McCann. This is when we were kind of looking for a, we need to try and find a front three because he had his 3-4-3, but Gary McKay Stephen played on the left-hand side. Boyce was through the middle. Janelli was on the right, and Shanklin was was on the bench um, in that game. Next up was Killy in the League Cup, um, and Shanklin started with Barry McKay to his left and Josh Janelli to his right. Um what was the game that uh, that Liam Boyce got hurt in? St. Johnston. It was the St. Johnston game. So, uh, again, the first game after that St. Johnston game, it was the front three that we have now. I just want... It's totally totally subjective. He could have scored more. He might have scored fewer. But I just wonder if... He would clearly have played further upfield because he's come short, which I think makes his achievements of continuing this goal-scoring form, if he is playing a slightly deeper when Janelli goes through the middle... I just, I just came to me and I thought, I wonder what, how different it would be if Boyce had still been in the, or been fit and been a part of the, the squad. Um, we'll never know. It was just a, a kind of, would that have affected Shanklin's goal numbers at all? Could it have increased them? Could it have decreased them? One to ponder. Indeed, we won't have an answer for that one. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Back to Shankland to take on Cadden. Into Humphreys, back towards Shankland in the air. Shankland right for shot, 2-0! Oh, brilliant brilliant from Shankland! It's a smashing finish from the Hawks number 9! Wonderful one-two! It's goal number 20 of the season for the captain! It flies into the bottom corner! The South Stand erupts! So hearts two to the good. Um, things certainly looking rosy. Uh, before the end though, uh, a little bit of a glimmer of hope for Hibs when the eight minutes came up and there was a second yellow for Lauren Shanklin. And this one really annoys me because at, at the time... I was shocked and I'm 70 or 80 yards away from it. Um, didn't look like there was any contact at all with Rocky Bushiri, who launches himself on the ground in very dramatic fashion. But referee Don Robertson, no hesitation to show a second yellow. And the first yellow card was a, a bit of a joke as well. It annoys me in many ways because um, it's a rubbish decision. It didn't impact us, but it does mean Shanklin suspended. And because it's a second yellow, VAR can't look at it and we can't appeal it as well. So it just left a little bit of a bad taste in an otherwise enjoyable and successful Sunday. Yeah. I thought Christoph Berra was good on sports scene. He basically said the referee's a disgrace for booking the pair of them for the first one. It's just a come on. Yes, there's no Don't need silly boys. And Berra was right. If you know you could maybe have a claim to to book Bushiri because he's definitely the aggressor of the two there's a wee a wee tiny nibble from Shanklin but nothing more than happens all the time when players are battling yeah, exactly it's, come on boys let's let's not do anything daft when we get um, I, I thought Don Robertson was was alright overall That's, I mean on on the whole there wasn't a huge amount of issues that were no, major problems strong, but that yeah. but that, that just was there was no need for no. either I mean no. the second one apart from anything uh, there they're, both players have their boots high. The difference is, Rocky Bashiri kind of buys it, really. He does. Well, Rocky, Rocky Bashiri doesn't Rocky, do that. Rocky Bashiri, yeah, he kicks the bottom of, of Shanklin's boot. I don't think he even kicks a boot. I think he just clears the ball, then launches himself on the ground. As, uh, but he buys it. He buys the, he buys the oh. second yellow. Well, look, again, not being one of those in glass houses and throwing stones, Cammy Devlin was... There was one right at the end that was embarrassing when he kind of went down as if he'd been shot and he didn't get the free kick. The referee didn't buy it and he looked at the referee, opened an eye and thought, right, I've not got this and just jumped back to his yeah, feet. But, but it's, it's, yeah, it's embarrassing when that happens, but he didn't get anything for it. So move oh, on. No, no, no. This, no, this ended up, in, exactly. this ends up Shanklin getting sent off. 
Correct. If the referee had dealt with Shanklin's second incident like he did with Cammy Devlin and kind of said, come on, there's nothing in that, just play on, um, then I mean, it's, a bad, it's a bad decision. We're, we're nitpicking and understandably we have to talk about it because he's going to miss a game now against Hamilton. But yeah. Which, yeah, we, which can be a given. And, you know, I don't want to disrespect Hamilton. Obviously, we'd rather be missing him for <laughs> Hamilton than... But if we drawn Rangers or Celtic at home... Uh, you know, I'm hoping we have enough for Hamilton, but you know, Darvel just put our Aberdeen, so we can't. But you know, it it, it could be a, an absence, an absence that really impacts us, and it could have been a game where we absolutely desperately needed him. Um, it just yeah. it, it annoyed me. It just it just felt needless from the referee to put himself in that position. Um, know, look, ultimately, we we haven't seen what he's seen. He might think he's seen something that he he hasn't. And he, he clearly thinks it's a bookable offence, and and it's not. It is frustrating. But what I would say is, going back to earlier, where we're talking about strength and depth on the bench, to have Kingsley to bring on for Cochrane, who was on a yellow and he was up against uh, yeah. Yuan, Barry Mackay replaced by George Grant. I I said that to to Gavin before half time. I said this will happen. It's a case of when, probably not at half time, but. Barry wasn't playing well and he was on a booking. George Grant would add a bit of steel. And then Stephen Humphreys coming on for, for Josh Ginelli. Yeah. I just, I think we now have an option. And I know we've played four at the in the past. I think our two options now are a 3 4 3 and a 3 5 2. I think mm, Humphreys. I quite like that, quite like that yeah. 4 3 3 as well, though. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, but but there's three options. The more the merrier. The more you can have trust with. And again, a number, a four three three, a three four three, a three five two. It's so flexible football these days. They change. You're one in in with the ball. You're you're another without the ball. You can you can change. But we haven't really spoken much about a three five two because what I think that does, and I think in, since the St Mirren game away from home, um, I don't think we've seen Robert Snodgrass at the levels. That he was pre uh, sorry St. Min game away. I don't think we've seen Robert Snodgrass at the levels that he had achieved prior to that. And since then, teams have targeted him and not given him as much of the ball. I think having an extra man in there, whether it's not from the start necessarily, because I like the three four three, but I think if we have a lead, that's a decent formation to to kind of tweak to. If we're taking off one of the front men, say we play Barry Mackay for an hour, we bring on Humphreys. Um, and then we, we kind of go uh, Shankland and Humphreys up top. You could even go to a four four two um with someone out wide. I think we just have the options now with that 3-5-2 to give Robert Snodgrass a little bit more support in the middle of the park when uh, when things are getting a wee bit dicey in there. Yeah, I, th- I had in my notes, uh, one of the things I put down was um, subs, because you're, you're quite right, I think. And not only highlights the strength and depth we had. I think, you know, we brought on uh, Kingsley, Humphreys, Grant, um, Atkinson, Forrest, and the only the, the only subs Hibs made before added time was they put on Harry McCurdy, who's not even scored from them for them, um, for the new signing, Jago. And the timing as well, I think it highlights, you know, Robbie Nielsen and his impact. You know, obviously he's still, you know, orchestrating things from the, the main stand. Uh, and you can see it. You, I think after the second goal, you see Joe Savage is delighted. He's clapping away, and Robbie Nielsen's already chatting away. He's already instructing on on what needs to happen next, etc. Um, but you know, Kingsley for Cochrane just after the hour mark. Cochrane didn't have his best game, and he was on a yellow card. Ellie Yuan was causing him problems. You know, risk again that he gets beaten, and he makes one rash trip or one challenge that he mistimes, and he's off. So Kingsley comes on almost like for like on the left hand side. Uh, five minutes later brings on um you, you you mentioned Grant, but I think Humphrey's coming on for Ginelli that same that double sub is also a big one because Ginelli, despite the goal, had one of his quieter afternoons and I think we needed an outlet. We needed someone with a bit more pace and power. I know Ginelli is is fast, but Humphrey's acceleration is ridiculous at times if he plays off the shoulder. You saw it at one point when he ran in behind and you saw it the last time we played Hibs. So a bit more power up there, someone to give a bit of a, a bit more of an option. Um, and the late ones, you know, Helen Smith going off late on didn't really mean too much. It was more just to keep running the clock down. But some big changes, I think, in there that helped influence the game. And <laughs> as Hibs push for a goal back to maybe spark an unlikely comeback, um, Toby Civic, who has been um, 
received a bit of stick from the Hibs fans, of course, is all the talk that he turned them down. Um, and he he wanted to do this earlier in the game. He had a little moment where he wanted to turn into Franz Beckenbauer, but uh, this one he went full flow, and it says a lot about about the team, about Toby Sibic, that at this point in the game, down to 10 men, 96th minute of play, that when hearts break here, he charges forward like he has just come on and is as fresh as could be. Incredible. Just before that, he hit the ball pretty well. It was a good block. Yeah. And you kind of thought, well, that's him. (laughs) I'm going to try that again. But when he picks it up, and then the return ball. To be honest, his final touch before he scores, I thought was heavy. I called it heavy. I said heavy touch. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And I thought, oh, well, I'm not seeing the chance is gone. But I don't know if Marshall is still um, has nightmares about Patrick Schick at, at Hamden for the Czech yeah, Republic. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was going to come out. I thought he was very slow. And then he does that thing that um, the, the worst thing keepers can do where they, they don't stay right on their line. But they come out too late, and it kind of makes the—I was going to say striker—but it makes the defenders mind up in this in this instance. Mm. Well, remember Humphrey scored the third against Hibs at Easter Road, and as you pointed out many times afterwards on our WhatsApp group, um, what what's the goalie Dan? His positioning was was all over the place, and like it, it's two 0 you're going to lose anyway. But but still, he gets a hand to it. Um, but it was just a delightful finish. And if you can find me a, a more improved player um, in, in Scottish football right now than Toby Civic, based on where he was to where he is now. And I remember the Hearts fans were singing his name in the RFS game at home. There were times where, I, I, look, when he first came back, I think we started him in defensive midfield before we moved him back to to centre-back, and he came mm-hmm. on and played right centre-back in St. Gallen against Zurich, and it didn't work because he was with Nathaniel Atkinson, and you were just like, this isn't the guy that we had last time around. I don't know if there was one specific game, or if he had a chat and it boosted his confidence, or or whatever, but he's now one of the first names on the team sheet, I and mean, you've got Stephen Kingsley, who's been out injured, cannot get in the team right now. Um, he's not going to take the place of roles, and the only option you've got, because James Hill's a right-footed central defender, he's not going to go with three lefties in the back three. So it's Toby Sibick or Stephen Kingsley right now, and I'm not dropping Toby Sibick at all. So Kingsley's going to have to either wait, because Cochrane as well, remember, can play left centre-back, and he's been playing on the left-hand side as a, a wing-back. So Kingsley to come back in. Um, Andy Halliday is, is, is going to try and get back in, but I'm not. I'm not changing things. That for me right now is is close to the team if fit right. That's the team because who else are you starting? The Devlin position is an interesting one. I'm, you might play Halliday instead of Devlin as a holder. That might I think that might be the only which position would you change? Question right now when the players we have available are available because Michael Smith we thought. Right, it's maybe time for him to get a, a bit of a rest, and he's he's played like a superhero. So, would you say Cami Devlin is the only position right now, or defensive midfield or central midfield, alongside Snodgrass? In your opinion, is that the only position that might be up for grabs in the team at this precise moment? No, um, I mean it depends what you mean by the precise moment. I, I think we're going to have to rotate things. Well, Livingston, um, Livingston uh, on Sunday. For Livingston, I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie if Robbie freshened things up. I also wouldn't be surprised if he kept it the same. I think in attack, it depends how we want to go. It depends how we view Livingston. I think Robbie himself would probably say there's going to be different teams for different games. Um, it, you know, despite his recent goal scoring form, we might want a different option than Ginelli. I wouldn't um, be against Barry Mackay coming out and the likes of um, Humphreys getting a start in that game. That's if we want to play a bit more on the break, use his pace I'll, and power a little more, a little bit more. I'll, against I'll, give, the very... yeah, I'll give you Barry Mackay because uh, we dropped him again. Not dropped, well, maybe we did. So he didn't play at St Johnson because we thought it'd be a different type of game. So you're right; that might be a position that Robbie looks at. And if it's not Barry Mackay, then because who came in for him? Because Forrest started at St Johnson, didn't he? Um, away when when we won three two. Yeah, I, I just think when. 
I think the team should pick itself. When you've when you've played two games, scored eight goals, not conceded, beaten two strongish opponents, I I think for consistency and for momentum and everything like that. Because none of your players that come off the bench can have any complaints whatsoever if they start on the bench again. Because all Robbie needs to do is look, look, make an impact when you come on and give me a decision to make. But right now, Devlin and Mackay maybe, but it's probably going to be the same team at Livy. Quite possibly. Um, I suppose we've talked about the Toby Sibbett goal. I probably should play the, the commentary from it since um, Hearts have already stuck on their Twitter feed. Here it is now. Left of the Hearts box. Whipped in, but cleared again by Civic, and again, chance on the break for Hearts with men committed for Hibs. Civic gallops forward, Humphreys give it to him, Civic going forward now, Civic heavy touch into the box, Civic! Yes! Oh, it's Toby Civic! Hibs are heading out! Civic against the Ivies! Oh, what a break for the ten men! Eruption in the Dunbar end! Toby Civic, of all people! Dicks it past David Marshall! Hips are getting smashed at Easter Road again! It's Hibernian nil! Heart of Midlothian three! Derby misery again in Leith for the home fans! Yes, a bit of a squealing, screaming uh, mess. Uh, me up in the back of the main stand. Um, <laughs> do you know what it, it reminded me of when I heard it back? What? Mark Donaldson, Austin McCann. Be, being a commentator is, <laughs> is is a job that when you get moments like that, I'm not sure there's a better job in the world. When you get to commentate on, on Toby Civic scoring a third goal and just to see a sea of humanity, maroon and white clad, going absolutely crazy. I messaged Mercer afterwards, Ian Mercer, um, and and we were going through like in the in the group and and he's like oh my legs are going to feel it in the morning it was just limbs battering against seats in front jumping up and down not caring not giving a damn just living in the moment and for a commentator there's not many opportunities because um, most commentators don't commentate on on their own team if it's not club commentary so to do that whether it was Weir McCann Katongo Ozturk for you, uh, Toby Civic for you, I mean, the Kingsley one not the Kingsley one, sorry, the the Shanklin one as well, it's like we're an extension that we, we would love to be in the middle of all that behind the goal, so this is the best next best thing for us, this is the, the kind of peak commentating on our team beating our rivals at their ground um, it was a bit, not. funnily enough I think the Hearts fans with the noise that they made yesterday saved you from a near-death experience because I couldn't really hear you until yeah. I put my phone pretty much in your face because they were so loud behind the goals and none of the Hibs fans even looked around when you went nuts. So, yeah, I think you've got the Hearts fans to thank for not being killed yesterday by a lynch mob <laughs> green and white. Yeah, and to be fair, the Hearts fans were fantastic. I thought the atmosphere was great. I don't know if you saw uh, Sam North was there. He does... Um, videos he, he comes and covers big games he's done quite a few in scotland um from a neutral point of view but he loves to kind of take in the atmosphere and his he put a video you can get on youtube and you can see him on twitter as well um the the noise even from the main stand it, it sounds like the whole the whole stadium singing with the heart's end and and what's great as well is you know we're talking about trying to take things forward and not not a single certainly not from here anyway not a single song that would cause any controversy all from the Good. either the all either the classics or the or from the new songbook and um you could hear the toby civic song and by the way it's very good to have um if you follow at hmfc songbook on twitter a little account's popped up i shared it on the scarves around the funnel page a few days ago has the songs and the tune that they go to which is quite good because uh, you're probably like me mark i mean obviously i've got a little bit i'm a little bit closer than you but um you sometimes don't get all the words if you're always commentating. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Toby Toby Civic is uh, a song. To the, I did know this one, to be fair, because uh, this one's a catchy one and there's not too many lines to remember. But it's to Bonnie Tyler's It's a Heartache. Did you you hear that one ringing out from the Dunbar end? Yeah, but I didn't know what the words were. You, you Toby Civic, I love you till my heart breaks. 
He loves the fucking Gorgi. <laughs> he turned the hybies down. Then you get the you get the gist. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to sing anymore. My, my throat, it's still it's still not working from commentating. You know, these, hold on, these I've, I've, I've got a call. What is it? Oh, it's a it's a B Tyler. She's, she's, <laughs> yes, hello, Bonnie. <laughs> anything to worry? No, you don't have anything to worry about, love. Thank you. Okay, she she'd heard that you you'd attempted to to sing one of her songs. She was wondering how you did. Uh, no, I. I, I that's, that's the Gorgi Ultras have, have added a super dimension as far as I'm very sorry, Gorgi Ultras, for absolutely um, <laughs> tearing that song apart. Um, where, but it's very good. It needs to be sung in unison by many Hearts fans. It doesn't work with me just sitting here. You, you can use that as the closing song <laughs> instead of a proper one. I, I, I think I'll probably use Bonnie Tyler's fans. version. I think um, not mine. Yeah, I prefer that. If you don't mind, yeah. Um, while you were singing, by the way, I found the rarest of rare things. Prior to yesterday, I found a Robbie Nielsen win at Easter Road. Uh, oh, are you going to tell me Festival Cup? Yep. Yeah, I know that. That's like yeah, not competitive. That's like a Hibs fan who um, I can't believe I was even debating it got uh, messaged me on Twitter earlier because someone, it wasn't even my, me who said it, but I saw someone saying that, you know, Portius never won a game. And he said, "Yeah, he did." Highlighted the game, and he's like, "An unused sub." He's like, "We're not counting that now, are we?" No, no, he didn't play. Exactly, and he said, "And he's like, did Robbo win the cup?" I was like, "Robbo got a cup winner's medal, but the game against Rangers would not count in his personal stats. If that was his only time that he would that he would be involved in a match squad against Rangers, then yes, his stats would be." zero wins against Rangers because that's how anyway let's not get involved in that it's needless Hearts won they're through to the next round and it's now nine derbies without defeat here we go ten in a row we hope um, only one of the last twelve meetings with Hibs have ended in defeat and it's four wins in a row in the Scottish Cup two at Hamden one at Tynecastle, one at Easter Road and the current Hearts manager has been in charge for three of those. One Easter Road, two at Hampton. Not at all bad, eh? There's nothing left for Robbie Nielsen to do now that he hasn't already done. No, don't say that. We don't want to go. No, what's that? <laughs> we don't want, don't want to go. Don't say that. No, 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 no. The whole sentence was there is nothing that he hasn't done yet that the naysayers could hold against him, is there? Apart uh, from being the Hearts manager when Hibs They'll probably back. find something. No, but I think I, I think it's important though that as many little things that whoever still isn't convinced by him, because we want everybody on the and I'm I'm not talking about ninety five percent of Hearts fans. I'm talking about a hundred percent of Hearts fans. There's nothing we can do to change the fact that Hibbs won the cup in 2016 and beat Hearts along the way and Robbie Nielsen was in charge. So if, if that's all it is now, I just wonder if there's anything else apart from that, that the one or two that are still fine... Because ultimately, you're not going to get any negativity after a 3-0 victory over Hibbs and a 6-0 aggregate win in three weeks, two games against Hibbs. I'm talking about building kudos for the bank when things start to go wrong. Because it's great right now. We're in a great position. But it's not going to be like this always. There will be, whether it's Sunday or, or whatever, there's going to be a bump in the road. First, I mean, at halftime against St Mirren and Paisley, it was like, Jesus, what's happened to us? This is shite. Come on, Hearts. Get your finger out. Nielsen, do something. That's football. If we're trailing at halftime or we play poor in the first half against Livingston, that, that stuff's going to happen. But I think it's important that with a win like that, to get that monkey off his back, Robbie can build... Um, stuff and, and have it uh, build interest and in, in, uh, if you like and have something in the bank so that when when things do kind of go a little bit wrong or awry it gets a little bit more time um, it's like a, a, a manager that comes into a club having if he'd been a success as a player at the club it's probably going to get a few more weeks of of bad results if that was to happen because he's played there and he's been successful there or whatever. I remember the Hibs fans with Frank Soze gave him a lot longer than he should have because Frank's, Frank Soze was a horrible, horrible record. But with Robbie, that's the win at Easter Road done. He's beaten Hibs, what, twice now at Hamden in the Scottish Cup? So there's, a, he's, there's not much more he can do now 
um, he's he's got to be considered um, one of Hearts' better managers of of modern times. Is that fair? Absolutely, can't argue with that. Right, let's move on. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Uh, hearts go through in the Scottish Cup. Terrific result. Terrific Sunday. A beautiful Sunday for all those of a maroon persuasion. We've not got an awful lot of time left. We do have a big game against Livingston coming up, and they, they keep coming thick and fast, Mark, because you look at the... Look at the table. Uh, Livy are our nearest challengers right now. They're in fourth spot, seven points behind with a game in hand. So they get a result against us on Sunday. That seven becomes four. And they have a game in hand over Hearts. So um, there's no time to rest on any laurels. Livingston unbeaten in five. They, of course, defeated us over in West Lothian earlier in the season in a very poor Hearts display. Um, so Hearts are going to have to be on their game, and this is going to be a different type of team because whilst Hibs have a a soft centre, a, a, a soft underbelly, I think you mentioned earlier that Gav said, Livingston anything but. They're a, a difficult side to break down, very well drilled and organised by David Martindale, and this will need probably a slightly different Hearts display. I'm going to look at it from a different perspective, and... I am throwing aside the, oh, if Livingston win, they can move to within, and then they do this with their game in hand. If Hearts beat Livingston, we're 10 points clear of them. Hibs play Aberdeen, who cares? Um, but we've got a chance to go 10 points ahead of the side that if Aberdeen don't win at Easter Road, a 10-point gap between third and fourth. That's up there with the way it was last season. So I'm going to take the positive approach from this. Of course, if Livy win, they can narrow the gap, but we're seven points clear of them, and we've got a chance to go ten points clear of them. And I, I don't look. Levy could win it, and we're not going to rest on our laurels. And I don't know what team he's going to pick, but we shouldn't fear anybody. We shouldn't fear going anywhere right now. And that includes Celtic and Rangers. The way that we're playing, that's a totally different kettle of fish. Playing at Ibrox, that is probably something that um, that Robbie has not done, and we'd love to do. At, so going back, revisiting that brief discussion that, that we had, having thought about that now, having mentioned that, better performances, um, which would hopefully lead to better results in Glasgow, is is probably his next task. We don't go to Glasgow. We, we don't go that far along the enemy. We go to Livingston on, on Sunday. Um, nationwide audience, live on Sky. So, yeah, big, big opportunity. Again, against the tough side, it's that bloody plastic pitch again, though. So it's not ideal, but it'll give us some prep for going to Hamilton, I suppose. Indeed. Um, before we go, uh, a little bit off topic. So I was given uh, a gift uh, at the recent uh, home game, and I wanted to um, just briefly mention it. So this is from um, Mary, and I, th- I don't have a note. I think your dad is Lawrence. I think from last time he gave me a programme. He's got a lot of old programmes. And uh, it was quite funny. I was having a wee flick through it. Now, this is a 1974 programme um, when Hearts played Tottenham. Uh, for a 10 pence programme, you get a lot of your money back is, then. Is that, this is my geekery, is that a bright red programme with a yes. old Hearts badge on the front? It is, yes. There you go. That is, that is incredible geekery there. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into much detail. I quite liked him. Um, I was wondering, can we bring back calling us the Maroons? There's quite a few mention of the Maroons. Like that, that. Would that work? Would that work? Yeah. Um, but actually, one of the most entertaining things uh, is the adverts in it. Now, it's full of adverts, which is a which is just the way it was. I think these old programs. But um, have a look at this one. This is totally non-football related, but this is one of the adverts I was laughing at. So it's buy your wife a Sony TV 11. It'll give you hours of pleasure. It says, you shouldn't have to watch uh, Come Dancing anymore, then your wife should have to watch Match of the Day. For the sake of your marriage, we strongly suggest you buy your wife her own little television. The Sony TV 11 is ideal. At £15, 7 ounces, it's portable enough for her to carry it into the kitchen or the bedroom. Jesus! 
or indeed the garage. The TV11 runs off an ordinary 12-volt car battery uh, as well as the mains. And its special loop antenna enables it to receive all three channels loud and clear. The TV11 costs just $72.95. So come in soon and buy one for your wife before she buys one for you. Sony. See this and other Sony equipment at... Um, and it's got a couple of places you can get them. But um, I, I quite... I quite enjoyed that. It's Misogyny a, alive and well in Hart's centenary year. 1974. It was a different era. So thank you very much for, for giving me that. There's a few other good things in there. Um, yeah, so Hearts are back in action away to Livingston on Sunday. This is a live Sky TV game, so it's a half past one kickoff in West Lothian. We didn't get a chance to get some of your comments. Apologies for that. And also we were going to keep the topic open for... Um, the times that you've went above and beyond to get a game, either through sickness or just through logistics. Uh, so we're going to keep that topic open. So tell us the times where you managed to somehow get yourself to the Hearts game. Was it worth it? Did you drag yourself out of sick bed? Did you have to <laughs> rearrange something? Did you have to skip out on other array or on other bookings that you had? Uh, we've had some messages already, so we will try and get to those next week. So you give us a tweet at around the funnel or email podcast at scarvesaroundafunnel.co.uk um, but Hearts are still on top in Edinburgh 67 wins in the uh, in the derby at Easter Road to the home side's Paltry 56 and of course well on top overall as well 154 competitive wins to Hibernians under 198 still so a bit of catching up to do for those in green and white it's a good time to be a Hearts fan. Thank you. Goodbye. Take it away, Bonnie Tyler. It's a heartache Nothing but a heartache Hits you when it's too late Hits you when you're down It's a fool's game Nothing but a fool's game in the car.